Hey everyone, hope you are great. Just wanted to say a massive thanks to everybody that listens and supports us. We really, really appreciate it. We just wanted to ask a really small favor. If you like what we do and the messages that we're putting out there, can you jump into iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a rating out of five, hopefully a five, and also leave us a review. It just helps us to push up the ranks in the podcast and get exposure to more people. Uh, helping us to fulfill our purpose of this podcast to help as many people as we can. Um, And if you don't like us, bugger off and don't leave a review because we don't want you. Nah, just joking. We love you too. Keep listening. Um, Also, if you or a family member is struggling with addiction, uh, we run a treatment program called Connection Based Living and we show people how to transform out of addictive patterns without going to rehab. Um, So if that sounds of interest to you or you just want to connect and talk to someone and find out what you should do next, taking the first step is always the biggest step um, and the most important thing that you can do. So jump on to www.connectionbasedliving.com.au. That's www.connectionbasedliving.com.au. And we'll be happy to book in a free call and organize a strategy session or help you in any other way that we can. All right, folks, let's jump into it. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Real Drug Talk. Um, as we've been saying, we're trying to pump out a few episodes at the moment because of everything that's going on. And today, I'm excited because we've got uh, Brooke. Jeez, oh, I can't even talk, Brooke. How embarrassing is that, Brooke? Brooke <laughs> Finkel. I don't know why I can't say your name. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited about today because I've seen Brooke's journey, and um, yeah, she's completely transformed and it's been amazing so i'm excited to get her to uh tell us her story and talk about her experiences what's going on mate how are you i'm good how are you i'm good i'm good so um for everybody listening again we're in melbourne and we're on like stage 4700 lockdown and we can't move so we're doing the zoom universe thing again um and if there's any blips or jumps or whatever, um, sorry about that. We're doing the best that we can. So um, what are you doing these days, Brooke? Because I've actually done a little interview with you. Some people may have seen it, but I'm excited today because we're going into the big one. But I might actually start with the positive stuff. Like what's happening in your life today? Yeah, I was actually, I was thinking about that interview the other day and I was like, that must have been two years ago. Time flies. It feels like the other day, but yeah, yeah, it must have been a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um. So at the moment, I'm just working um as a nurse. I work in um in a mental health clinic as a nurse, and I work in a medical surgical ward as well. Yeah. Um, I'm studying. I'm doing further nursing studies at the moment. Um, I. Oh, it's not really. It's like well, there's not really much going on at the moment. To be honest, <laughs> with all. 
and stuff. Um, but what's yeah, it like? I'm, what's it like nursing with all this COVID stuff happening? It's actually hectic. Like it's it's really crazy. Um, like we we get a couple of um, cases in med surge. Like we'll have a couple of suspected or. Um, yeah, where we have to PPE and we have to yep. do all the precautionary stuff as if they were um, positive. And yeah, it's wow. hectic. It's such a stressful, um, it's all really stressful at the moment where our place at the moment is looking at redeployment as well, like just to wow. help out other, like with the aged care breakouts and stuff. So Jeez. it's, 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 um, I don't know, going to work now, it's like I used to really look forward to going to work, which I yep. still do. But um, you just don't know what you're going to walk into. Like, it's stressful not knowing. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, and so when you say mental health hospital, like psychiatric unit, yeah. 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 What's, what's that like? Is that hard to deal with, like, with everything that you've been through? And Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's challenging. Um, it is quite challenging to be honest, but at the same time, it's really rewarding. Like um, I find I often get comments or, you know, like the patients will say, oh, have you been through something like this? Or, <laughs> and um, like, yeah, so I, I really relate to them and I really like understand. And, and I think I can go in there with a much more, um, I have a lot more, I guess, understanding and compassion for what they're going through. Yeah. But um it does get really challenging at times because, well, either if I'm going through struggling, like if I'm struggling, like we all do in life, like yep. if I'm going through a tough day or whatever and someone's, t or a tough week and someone's t talking to me about their past or talking to me about how they feel right now and they're asking me for answers, I'm like, man, yeah. <laughs> I have no answers. Like I don't even, I don't even have the answers for myself, but obviously I can't disclose that. So yeah. Um, sometimes I feel really close to them because I just get them so much, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really challenging, but it's super, super rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, let's get into it. Hey, like give us the three minute. It can be longer than three minutes. Give us the, give us the snapshot version of your, your story and why you're actually on this podcast talking about this stuff. Okay. Um, uh, three minutes. God. No, I'll try. Um, so growing up, um, there was a lot of uh, abuse in my family. Yeah. Um, uh, my mum and dad were separate. So like in one house, it, there was a lot of abuse in one house, um, like sexual abuse. Um, in another house, there was a lot of like verbal and um, yeah, just verbal abuse from different parents um, or yep. step parents. Um, and then at, at one of the houses as well, like school, I was always really like, I was bullied growing up at school. Um, I didn't get along with my sister. She bullied me as well. Um, so, so I guess like growing up my whole childhood, like I just didn't have like that one safe place. I didn't have a sense of belonging. I didn't have, um, I just, I just tried to like, I guess, stay out of everyone's way. Um, yeah. felt like a burden from a really young age and there was nowhere I could kind of go. Yeah. Um, later on in life, like I found myself, um, I worked three jobs at one stage and that was just to escape everything and wow. to just not like, if I was just never home and I was in year mm. nine or eight at the time when I was working three jobs and, um, and yeah, so I was just never home. But in that time, 
I developed a eating disorder, um, which I didn't know I had at the time. Like it took me a really while, like took me a while to, well, took my mom, it took everyone a while to figure out that that's what was going on for me. Um, I didn't even know what I was doing. All I knew that like I wasn't eating much and I was restricting and I was, I was learning. I learned basically the less food that I ate, the more weight I would lose and the more accepting, like, the more people were accepting of me. Yep. Um, yeah. And the more like validation I got, the more attention I got from boys, which I'd never had before. Or mm. um, I didn't feel so insecure. And, you, you know, and I felt like the prettier girls again, like with the pretty group, the pretty girl group. And I yep. didn't feel like the fat, ugly kid on the side. Yeah. Um, so, but that went on for a while. And then I ended up in, um, in hospitals, I ended up in medical hospitals, I ended up in psychiatric hospitals, and this went on for a total of like three. So I ended up in um, institutionalized for three years all up in, in five years. Yeah. Um, in the time of five years. And that was, yeah. Um, so I'd lost like 20 kilos in six weeks at the start. Um, and then I would go into hospital, be like nasal gastric fed, um, wow. used to eat. Um, and like I was violent, it was a very violent, like if you tried to make me eat, like I was just violent. Yeah. So there was like a lot of like code grays and stuff in hospitals. And, um, yeah. Anyway, so like, and I just, how old, how, sorry, how old were you then? Um, 14, my first hospital admission, I was like 14, just nearly 15. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so after that, like I learned a lot of different things in the hospitals from the girls um, yeah. of how to keep restricting. And I learned like, yeah, just how to keep losing weight basically outside of when I would get discharged, I'd just lose more weight and then I'd end up back in there. Yeah. And um, it was just this never ending cycle. Through this time, I wanted my head to just shut up because like it was just so, I just, I, I, I was constantly like ruled by guilt and shame um, yeah. about myself. And so I, I got really bad into like, I used to bang my head. I used to cut myself. Um, I used to try and take my life all the time. Like um, my mum slept outside my, my um, door until the last train went by. Cause I'd always try and jump, like run and jump in front of, I wanted to jump in front of a train. I wanted to jump outside of the car, like out of a, a moving car. Like yeah. I just was not safe. And was that, and was that all about escaping like that guilt and shame? Yeah, it was all about, yeah, I would say. And, um, and I think I just hated myself. (laughs) I just like, I hated like at one point, like my anorexia, like allowed me to like be accepted and allowed me to like live this life where um, I had attention on me, but not for very long into it and ended up that like, I was stuck in hospital. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, like then I just hated myself again. Like, mm. um, so, so, so the, so the eating, was, the yeah. eating was about, um, cause I, I find that really interesting cause some people sort of talk about, you know, eating disorders being a lot like drug and alcohol use. And then other people say that they're different. Um, so what, so the eating, um, stuff was around, yeah, kind of getting attention and things like that. Was it also, did it also give you, I don't know, like a sense of control and sort of took your mind off things because you're concentrating on eating or was it on, or not eating and managing it all and stuff like that? Or was it more just about the attention? 
Yeah, um, I think at the start, um, it was all about the intention. Now yep. that I'm in recovery, I've learned that it is a very common, like it's it, a lot of it was control. A lot of it was self-harm. A lot of it was, but I didn't know this stuff when I was in it. Yeah. Now yep. I can look at it and I relate like my drug addiction and my eating disorder, like the underlying like problem was control. Like I've never yep. had, I guess, um, yeah, it's get, the more knowledge I've got in recovery, I've learned why, where my behaviours come from where. Yeah. I think eating disorder was definitely like um, the start of me letting out everything, like, um, like, and controlling everything, you know, like I, I would never able to do anything for my, like I had all autonomy taken away from me when I was so young. Yeah. Um, that like the only thing that I control and the only thing that I could do was that for myself. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 It's, it's quite interesting. Like I, I just find it really interesting how, you know, cause obviously it sounds like with the abuse, like horrific stuff went on as a child. And obviously that's when you're developing belief systems and identity and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it's amazing how humans like, even though, a lot of people would look at it as a destructive thing. Um, it kind of probably in some ways like kept you alive and kept you, kept you going, kept you doing something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It kept me safe. Definitely. It yeah. Did, yeah. And that's where like, yeah. It's how then I, how I look at ice, like when I ended up on ice, I look at um, that saved my life from anorexia, you know, like it's all just like, yeah. It's how you look at it, I guess. Yeah. But um. yeah. What happened next? Sorry. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I ended up in lots of um, psychiatric wards and um, institutions and, and stuff. By the time I was 16, um, I was kicked out of home. I was deemed unreasonable to live at home because yeah. I was, you know, I broke my mom's ribs at one stage. Like I was just very <laughs> wow. violent. Like she would try and keep me safe um, and, and not from hurting myself or make me eat. And I just, would lash out like I just I had absolutely no boundaries and I didn't have words like I never had words I just like use my hands like I just hit yeah. um, um and um so when I was but I will like it kind of crosses over a little bit because when I was about 14 was when I started drinking um I remember like the first time I drank we stole like my my friend's um dad's beer out of her fridge and we just like got wasted yeah so um and then when i was at school um i would like t like put my feet in a little bit of like weed and things like that and i loved the feelings that the this the substances gave me like it gave yep. me that ultimate escape from like what i was already trying to escape from um yep but I wasn't hurting like with self harm. Like I wasn't hurting myself. I wasn't hurting it. Like, you, you know, mm. like I didn't think I was hurting myself. I didn't, wasn't hurting anyone else watching. Like I was just so out of it when I was wasted or yeah. high. Um, so that's when like I got introduced to drugs and then, but it was when I was 16 that I really started. Um, yeah. Went off the rails. I went into a shared house and, um, I started using speed, like I started using, um, I just started basically I'd go on benders for like four days and yep. I couldn't then deal with the come down for the three days. So then to, to end up and I was taking like MD and just like, you know, like that party drugs. And yep. then 
Um, and I loved the party scene. I just thought, oh, this is my new identity. Like, this is me. Like, I'd, yeah. like I'd promote all the clubs and like that was, yeah. Anyway, and then um, I got, and in this time as well, I started like, I really started sleeping around as well. Like I really started just, um, yeah, like every second night there was like a new person over and um, it was so bad. I was just saying before to my housemate, like it's so bad. Like it wasn't even, it was, it was like, I still, I just wanted these, I remember like messaging these boys after and like wanting to make this relationship with them or like, like I just wanted them to like, love me i wanted them to like have yeah. like, you know and obviously to them it was like a root and boot <laughs> like it was nothing um but yeah like that was i went on like that for like a solid i don't even know how long it was but it was just disgusting like it was just mm. it gave me that feel good in that moment and that was when i was like coming down as well and then i'd get high again yeah you know like anyway mm. Then after that, um, I, some stage I ended up back in hospital. Um, and, um, after that, I ended up, I got kicked out of that shared house and I ended up moving to another house. And, um, that's when everything kind of started to really kick off. That's when I got harder in ice. So I started like stepping into ice in the other house, but, um, that's when ice then became like my everyday thing. And, I'd even be in hospital um, during this time because I had nowhere to go. So the hospital actually became my address for a few months. And um, wow. so uh, I would go on leave and I'd use and I'd come back and I, and I knew how to milk the system. So I'd be on the Valium, I'd be on the, the Benzos and anything that I could get, I would mm. be on in that time. And um, I think I was sectioned as well, like involuntary hospital, a patient one. I was 36 kilos. Like I was not eating. I was not looking after myself at all. Um, it was just, yeah. So um, like it, well, how I was sectioned was because I was not even living at home. It was an ambulance. Some people saw me and the ambulance was called and that's how it was, you know, like I just, you, you take a look at me and I was just not well. People yeah. just not well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so then that's when my ice addiction really went off, and that was on for about it was it was a year, just over a year, until or just under a year, sorry, actually, until I because I was not just before I was nineteen when I went to rehab, yeah. um, that it just brought me on my knees, and I ended up. Wow, so I, I just forgot that then for a second. You actually got um, into rehab at nineteen. Yeah, so I was like two months off 19, yeah. Three fucking months. hell. So you had all that go on in your life before 19. Yeah. Intense, just, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. I used to be like, oh, I wish I could have just kept going for ages. But like I just, my body was done. Like I when by the time, yeah, how I ended up in rehab was that I got rushed to hospital. I had kidney and liver failure. I had, um, my heart was not working. Like it was stopping and starting. I ended up in an intensive care unit where all my family was sent down to say, see you later. Like mm. she's not going to wake up from this. Um, and yeah, like I was 36 kilos. I had no fat, no nothing. I had bones deteriorating, um, that were protecting my organs. Like the, it was just, yeah. Like I was in, yeah, it was just awful. Yeah. And it's funny, like, I guess sometimes when people hear stories like yours, they think, oh, surely that's got a bit of mayo on it that like that can't be kind of true. And it's funny because I actually, um, well, it's not funny, but it's, it's amazing.
sorry, just muted myself. Um, yeah, it's, am- <laughs> it's amazing to, it's amazing to think back and just like, look at you now for, and particularly for people watching YouTube, just completely different. Like Brooke really was super thin, you know, you were kind of like a javelin or something. You just couldn't uh-huh. just throw you or, you know, like you were just so thin. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how, how much you changed and it, it's the stuff that I always forget, even being in recovery and being around people like you and heaps of other people that I know, you just kind of forget that people have this yeah. huge story behind them. Yeah. yeah, It's so crazy, isn't it? Because, I, yeah, I often look at people and I'm like, really? Like, I can't imagine that person using like that, you know? Yeah. So you're in that position. Yeah, you have kidney failure. You're super fragile, like just every like all the bad shit that you could imagine is happening how do you or how did you kind of make it back from there like what was the process of you starting to get better um well 12 days later i woke up in intensive care unit like what not woke up but like i came fully through i was waking up on and off i just slept a lot of the time yeah um but basically they thought the ice when ice would completely detox out of my system, my heart would stop. Like it was giving me enough adrenaline to like keep it beating as yep. what it was. And then it would just like, I'd withdrawn, it would stop. And I had no electrolytes or anything like that in my body. And actually nowhere, no medical hospital would take me. So my ICU wow. was actually in a psychiatric ward and they were getting doctors to come and give me what, like, you know, anything that I could have orally because they don't do any, like, IV or anything like that there um, and just kind of hoping for the best, I guess. Um, so, anyway, when I woke up, um, I'd lost the house I was living in. So, and, and I, and I w- did experience quite a bit of homelessness um, throughout my recovery. I'd get kicked out by my housemates a lot. Um, and if my boyfriend that boyfriend at the time um, had my car, I would have nowhere to go. So I'd just roam yeah. the streets and end up in my, I'd be in my car if I had my car or I'd be on the street. And it just happened like that often. Mm. Um, so I think this house that I would, I, mum had said, you can't go back there. Like you, you're done. Because basically the police got called. Like it was a very hectic um how it all ended and how I got rushed to hospital in the first place so yeah there was no way I was going to be able to end up back at that house yeah um and I think that hit me as well as like and he still and my boyfriend still had my car I was messaging he still had my car um I had nowhere to go I had I'd woken up in re I'd woken up in ICU and I literally was like there is nothing for me. I've got no house, no car. My mum won't even come in. Um, but the only person was com- who was coming in was my sister. And she was a little bit in and out of the scene as well. So half the time she's coming in to see me, she's using. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was really hard, but I think, I think it was a combination of there was nothing left. Like, like where am I going to go kind of thing and that was the longest time I'd ever I'd been clean in a really long time like that was 12 days clean I was like what am I meant to do like where am I meant to go and how the end of my using finished was um with all my dealers involved almost getting caught you know so like I've burnt all my bridges like by this stage like how was I going to get out of there and and use basically like I, I was like I don't know what to do yeah 
Um, and then my sister had sent me, my sister, I said before as well, she bullied me. Like she, you know, she, she, she did, she bullied me a lot. We're very close now. So I'm very, I find it hard to talk about that. Yeah. I offend her, but, um, yeah, she, she sent me this message and, um, a few times and trying to help me in my using, she'd, um, I, I like, she used to come over and it's, it's weird because she'd try and get me to help her. I mean, she'd try and help me and I'd like dealt to her a few times as well. Yeah. So like this very weird relationship that we had going on, but I worshipped her and I always wanted her to like love me as, as, as a big sister. And she sent me this message saying like, you can't die. Like, please don't give up. Like just hold on. Um, she, and I remember it so clearly. She said, heaven Heaven may gain a little, heaven may gain an angel, but the earth will have lost its little princess. And it broke me. Like, it was just like something in that, it just broke me. And she was at my bedside every single day in ICU, cooked or not cooked. She was there and she was begging for me to like go to rehab. Yeah. And the only rehab that I could go to at the time, um, I like I said, I burnt all my bridges because what would happen was mum would get me into rehab and then um, I'd say no last minute. And they're like, well, she's unreliable. Like, we're not going to take her again. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, you know, that's like, yeah, it ha especially with some wealthy, like a wealth rehab that has a big waiting list and you do that, you're stuffed. Like, yeah, you're back on the end. Um, and so um, this, the rehab, it was my mum's friend, her daughter, um, had passed away she after coming out of a detox and she passed away because she had nowhere to go and she ended up in a crowd, um, the wrong crowd and she was murdered. And um, oh. yeah, um, people probably know her actually. Um, Sarah Kafiki, I don't know, did you see it on the news? No, there's been a few of those stories and I can't remember that one particularly, but yeah. Yeah, she was like chopped up in a wheelie bin, had concrete on, like it was awful missing. Yeah. I remember her missing when I was in hospital and I saw it on the news and I was like what like uh, yeah so it was very close to our family mm. um and this rehab they were naming after her and they were opening after her um but they hadn't had anything established they hadn't had insurance or anything like that yet but yep. they were offering me to start early without insurance without anything but we'll take her kind of thing yeah. So that was my only option. And, um, yeah, I think I did it. I just did it. Like awesome. I had nothing left and yeah. And it was, yeah, I had to pay for it. It was my grandma's money, um, that she left for me. So I was really like, Oh, I don't want to do it. Um, but I can honestly say it was, it was a combination of, yeah, having lost everything and actually not knowing where to go from here, being yeah. clean, like not on anything. Mm. Um, apart from valleys and um and my sister like finally being like and I think for ages like my sister said to me a few times like do you want to stop and I was like and I really felt like I just didn't want to stop like I was like no like yeah I just want to die like this like I it's the only way I've ever had this much peace and this much escape in my head like I, I've mm. never felt like this before so this is how I want to die so um I lost where I was going with that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, she, yeah, I don't know what I was going with that. Yeah, um, 
No, it's, uh, it's, it's, very, it's very, very interesting. And the next question that kind of jumps out in my head is like, what do you actually do at rehab? That's what people always ask. Like, you know, all right, so you yeah. go to rehab, like what the fuck is it and what do you do? <laughs> uh, um, oh, it's, it's very, mine's very weird because I was the only one in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Did more people come in? Um, in the, like the last 20 days and then I got kicked out because I was so territorial. Uh. <laughs> so, not good. Um, so in rehab, what did I do? I, um, I literally, it was, <laughs> it was so painful. Um, we, it was like, it was routine. It was a lot of routine. It was like, um, um, wake up in the morning. I had to go for a walk. I had to make my breakfast. I had to um do some group and then um i'd have to do some chores like clean the house or do weeding or things like that like and oh my god like i remember weeding by myself and like to, i was crazy like to entertain myself i remember just singing like just singing random songs whilst i was weeding like yeah oh, i could just think about that all the time and i'm like oh if anyone was watching me <laughs> So cooked. Um, we had to do weekly, tw twice weekly UDSs. We did yep. um, the 12 steps. Like we got taken to the 12 step meetings every night. Yep. Um, I did the, I went to the gym. I had to go to the gym twice a week. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, it was really challenging because it was always me and one worker. Um, yep. And I just battled so much with my eating disorder when I put the drugs down. Like that was what came up. So then that became a thing right. and everything triggered me. Like I dropped the, the salt and there'd be salt everywhere. And I just think it like everything triggered me. Like everything was the early first early days of recovery was awful. I ran away from rehab twice. Yeah. The first time I ran away and, um, I'd cracked it over something. I was very angry. I had so much anger in me. And um, I ran away and I ended up in a bush. Like, I just, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know where to go. Um, and I was really scared. I, I, I did experience a lot of psychosis when I was using. Um, and I don't think a lot of, it didn't subside until a while. Like, yeah. I still was very paranoid. I, um, not to the point it was when, when I was using, but it was still there. And um, so, yeah, I hid in a bush because I was like, I don't know where to go, who to call, what to do. Um, I have, like, did I, ha I had my phone because I was on Facebook and my sister rang me and she's like, why the hell are you active? Yeah. Um, I don't know how I got, I think I said I was, I, I was leaving. I'm going now. And, um, but yeah, like that was humbling for me as well in the sense of that, like, I think that I'd felt really for, like I'd felt that I'd done the first bit of my rehab for my sister. Mm. Um, but when I went and hid in that bush and I like an hour or two hours later, however long it was, I walked back into rehab because I was literally like, I've got nothing. Like I can't, there's no one. My sister's not going to help me now. She's telling me to go back and or she's not going to talk to me. Like I, I have, I really felt like that was a turning point for me to do it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did run away again after that. Um, but I came back again. Like I, I always came back because I, I was supported there and I was understood and I was, loved 
as much as as much as I hated it at the same yeah. time as much as it, I didn't think it was helping. Yeah. 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 No, it's 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 so interesting. So it sounds like a lot of the process was kind of um just doing things that made you deal with yourself um or face yourself. Uh and so you said that did your eating disorder come back out like once you stopped using drugs? Yeah, bad. Yeah. yeah. So how did you how did you deal with that? Did you have to go through all of that stuff again or Yeah, it's been a process to be honest. Like um yeah, it's it's just been a really big process. I think I went into a supported accommodation after um rehab and in that time I was realized I realized that my um I need to get help around this, like more help around this because if I'm really doing recovery and if I'm not doing, if I'm doing my eating disorder, I'm going to end up back using. And if I'm using, I'm end up, I'm in my eating disorder. You know what I mean? Like there was no, it was double-edged sword. Like I couldn't, there was no escape from either one of them. And I knew when one came up, one went down or what, like they worked together. Mm. Um, so I went, I did go and get professional help again and, and went back and started seeing my dietitian and did some day programs and stuff. But it's honestly been a journey. Um, a journey in which that like I, it's just been a lot about and it's still going to be honest like yeah. um i think i i got like really into gym and i got which is really good for me in lifting weights and i and i've and i've come a long way in that that sense but a lot of it was probably putting a band-aid on top of it as well and just like um like managing it in a different way like managing mm. my eating in a different way i think the core of it is um that i'm just just loving like i really have to have acceptance and love for myself the the way that i am no matter what shape size how much weight i'm lifting how much you know what i mean like it kind yeah. of has manifested without me even knowing i've manis- manifested even in the last three years like yeah. five years yeah that i've been in recovery so it's ongoing but yeah it's yeah. more about it's digging deeper yeah Yeah, no, it's interesting. And that's what I was going to ask you, because that's kind of the sense that I get, you know, you're sort of saying um, that, yeah, it is ongoing. um, And you've been kind of talking about recovery. And that's what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today. Um, You know, so it sounds like, and, you know, sorry, if these questions are kind of weird, because I know, you know, I know all of this, but I'm just trying to lay the lay the path down for people that might be listening. But you know, you, you, um, you kind of like it sort of seems like rehab was just the first minute step in the whole overall process of getting better from all of this stuff would that be fair to say yeah absolutely it was kind of like it got me clean but it wouldn't have kept me clean yeah 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 so so what have you done like so what what is recovery and how does all of that work um, and are you still doing it today? You know, all that stuff. And, you, you know, you mentioned part of that was working on the eating disorder and maybe some of the other issues to actually solve the drug use itself. Um, I am still doing recovery today. Um, I, um, it, but it's swapped, changed, gone, like it's, it's been like, um, it's been crazy the whole way through. But I think um, for me, um, the first 18 months of my recovery was painful. Like I still yeah. was very suicidal. Um, I didn't like myself. I was still searching for things to help me, like 
to, to give me that like escape. Um, and I think the, the one thing that has been absolutely consistent my whole way through recovery since that 18 months was when I found my relationship with God. Yep. Um, I, that, that is honestly, and I can't, and I know people get uh, about it, but like, no, I love it. I, I actually wanted, cause I, I sort of know, well, you told me about that when we've chatted before and I, I kind of wanted to go a bit further into it because of what you're about to say, like in Australia yep. or in other parts of the world, it's, uh, you know, God, religion, whatever you want to talk about is more spoken about, but yeah. in Australia, it's, not as much, um, but it is something that a lot of people get into and kind of don't talk about because they're nervous of being judged or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's absolutely it. And I'm getting better at it because I, I realise that I cannot leave that out of my story because it is my story. Like, yep. it, I honestly believe that it is, it is that, that what, that's what saved me and, and kept me consistent the whole way through. Um, from that day um so yeah like I do believe in Jesus like and and that's my journey is like that um I had someone that um spoke about um him to me in from the 18 months and 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 so much changed for me 18 months like clean and sober yeah yeah Yeah. and that's when I really found that my my recovery lifted like yeah everything changed for me um because I started to I guess like see see be able to see myself in a completely different way it wasn't about how i saw myself or how the world saw me it was about how god saw me yeah and um and when i learned about who i was in the image of him um then i was able to let go of a lot of this stuff that i'd carried you know um and i think like it's it's honestly just been yeah, my faith the whole way through from 18 months onwards to where I am now is that um, has what has what has kept me going, you know, like yeah. I've been through a lot in my recovery. Um, like I, I did end up going back to court and I spoke up against uh, my father and wow. um, I ended up having to withdraw from this court case after a long three years of it. Um because like I just in the end in the end I'd actually come to this thing in my heart where I was like you know I I really wanted to speak up at the start and I really wanted and I thought it was going to give me relief but I can't fight my own battles for me like I'm I can't do it like I can't and I have to let God fight my battles for me and um that was three years it took me to get to that stage though you know so like just because I've accepted Jesus or God into my life that like and um it doesn't mean that things just like happen and like some things yeah absolutely but some things like a lot of things are a process but the the fact is that he walks with me through these processes and I don't give up I don't um I look at life very different differently I I I yeah like I just see that like everything there is a purpose and a plan for everything you know um And, and it's known before I know. And that gives me so much hope. That gives me so much relief. It gives me so much, um, yeah, like it takes all that pressure of me trying to be perfect, trying to um, plan and control absolutely everything off because God already knows. Like yeah. I don't need to know, but it's already known. Like, yeah. um, so I think, yeah, um, 
I have in in this recovery is what like I, I kept doing 12 steps yeah uh, um, so you so you kind of entered through 12 step programs yep so yep. I entered through 12 step programs um, because they sh showed us them at rehab yeah um, there's been times where I've walked away from yep. them um, just because the drama really like yeah. there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of drama in um, in there. I'm not going to lie, um, especially being young. Um, and I, I was really insecure. Like I just still am sometimes, but I just can't like the, yeah, it just, it can get, get very high schooly. And, and for someone that is trying to take their identity, like that I'm trying to deal with my identity issues and, and not trying to just be like the world and fit in with everyone and, yeah. and just what I like and what I do to to be your friend like mm. when i'm trying to do that but then, then be in an environment like that that's trying to teach me recovery is very difficult mm. um so i did walk away a few times um i'd find myself doing um yeah just more church-based stuff and that's what i mean yeah. it's like god really held me through the times where i could have just given up and used no, yeah no. yeah um and so, yeah, I went, I was doing church stuff. I was just connecting with other stuff. I was focusing on uni or whatever. I do, I have gone, I have gone back. I've gone back twice. So I yep. went back again, did a different fellowship kind of thing. Then um, went back, then, then went, yeah, then, then went back to the same fellowship I started with and then yep. away again and now I've come back again because I think for me is that um, the reason I've gone back now is, is because I hit five years and I realized that like, I just really need Fuck, like, has it been five years? Yeah, it was five <laughs> years in July. How fast is that? Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> mate. That's crazy. So yeah. that's, so is that five years with nothing? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. 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 7th of July. Yep. Wow. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You're, you're yeah. saying you went, you went back. I, and I think it's, it's really interesting, right? And it's something that we've been talking a lot about on the show is that we've just been, you know, it's in the name of the podcast in the brand that we have. We really just want to have these like full on open conversations about all of this stuff. Cause there's not a lot I find mm. so that people can find what they relate to, because that's yeah. what I, like when I talk to all these different people with the treatment program that we have, you know, people have had so many different experiences. Some people like the 12 step stuff. Some people don't like it. You know, when, mm -hmm. like, it's funny, like even my journey, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, and cause I started, yeah, well, that's how I yeah. obviously met, met you and, and know you is that, um, you know, I obviously started in 12 step programs as well. Um, and then like, it's kind of weird. I actually got, well, you probably know this. I actually turned into like a freak. Like I just kind of went so into it mm. and sort of disappeared into like the, I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I kind of almost forgot what recovery was about, which is just kind of being happy and living a good life and all that stuff. I think and, that happens to a lot of people in there, to be honest. That's right. That's yeah. right. And, and part of it, like I've been reflecting on it because it's kind of a weird, it was like a weird time in my life. It was just that thing like you were talking about 
I just didn't really have a sense of myself and I just kind of needed something to like attach myself to. Yeah, and that gave you that sense. A hundred percent. You see it all the time, especially with like the older older people that come in and like yeah. have or they've like really have nothing like that becomes their like identity and that becomes their thing. It's really yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and it was funny, like it took me a long time to realise that. I wasn't actually living the way that I wanted to. Yeah. And then I started doing stuff differently. And now, like, I don't, I definitely don't hate 12-step programs that save, like, a big part of that saved my life. But yeah. Yeah, there's, I've, like, completely done a backflip almost. And then now, now there's, like, lots of stuff that I'm not 100% um, sure of and agree with. There's like lots of stuff that I think is awesome. And it's just kind of helped me to realize that everybody has a different experience. And I get that so much when I talk to people, you know, like that yeah. there's no sort of one way to to recover from it, basically. I agree. Yeah, I actually agree. Because um, like I think I, I've been saying that today is like, I think they teach you a one way. And that one way, I think for me, is like I learned that one way and that's the way that I'm comfortable in yeah. and I know is like a total abstinence, you know. But I have taken from that program what works for me as well and then, you, you know, like, and then, but I more go off on my church stuff because that's, what, that's where it lies for me and that's what yeah. works for me. Um, but, yeah, and I was thinking about that today. I was, you know, like my sister, like, she's in she she was an addict for sure like and she tried na and it just wasn't for her and mm. she like she has a glass of wine every now and again and um she has a little one one and a half year old now and yeah um she's the most amazing person ever do you know what i mean and she yeah. didn't do 12 steps but i used to even until her she she changed my view on it i think because mm. until her i was like there is an all like no it has to be that way right. but i've actually seen and i've seen a lot of um different ways like i really yeah. have seen a lot of different ways that have um worked for people that are that are people that are absolutely fucked yeah you know? so yeah i don't know i think for me it's more just like i know that worked I know that has worked. I love some of the, the stuff that it helps me to understand me and helps mm. me to learn about me and helps me to take, let go and stuff. But then how, I don't know how someone might apply that. They're like letting go of their things. Their I don't know. Like, I don't know. They talk about defects of character, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That they talk about in their recovery is different to how then I would then go and like, I still do the steps and I still, practice recovery but it's just the way i i don't know interpret it yeah. yeah and the way i then go action it like the way yeah. i pray to then god about it is com completely different to what like say my sponsor would tell me yeah yeah but it's me it's how it's it's how it's it's we're all so different and there's no yeah it's the same thing there's no right or i don't mm. think there's any right or wrong answer it's just like what what's works for you yeah it's so individualized and that's where I think that's where a lot of the hospitals I even went to um, and all the institutions I ended up in in the past lacked is that like nothing was individualised. Like yeah. everything was... It, Do it, it this way. way and <laughs> this way only. And it's just not how it works. Like mm. we're so unique. We're all so different and we're like for a reason. Yeah. So what's going to work for you is not going to work for me. Well, might, but... A hundred percent. So it's, it's really interesting. And if you don't mind, can I, can I ask you some more stuff about like the religion 
Yeah. Because I know, I know like belief systems and things like that can be deeply. Personal. Yeah. I'm glad you're mm. asking me because sometimes I shy away from it because I think people just like crop it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, we're all about, well, as you said, it's, it's your story. It's how you've done it. It's, it's the truth. So for you, so, um, so when you, so I guess, first of all, given all of that, that you've said about 12 steps, um, you know, a lot of people, I guess, on the other hand as well, just kind of fob 12 steps, 12 steps off and, and just kind of, and just say, oh, that's just a religious thing. Like, mm -hmm. is, is it religious when you go there? No, no, uh, yeah. no, it's not religious at all. It's anti. Yeah. So, yeah, it's actually hard for me to sit in there and people bag and say shit about god jesus all the time and i'm like well i don't sit here and bag your your higher power but yeah. you guys do it so it's yeah. hard it's difficult yeah interesting interesting so when you were there they they do in 12-step fellowships talk about um a higher power and things like that did you like how did your belief kind of transform because it's even if people don't kind of go through 12 steps um, you know, they may be agnostic or even not believe in any kind of form of supernatural power or whatever, but people formulate some kind of belief that they tend to lean on. Like how, how did yours progress and develop over yeah. the years? Um, so we, like, we were the same, like Jesus and the Bible and all that stuff was so anti in our household. Like we yeah. just won't speak about it. So, um, first off, I do just want to say that, like, I didn't come from a background of religion. Yep. I never went to religious schools or anything like that. It wasn't, and, and, and I don't even really call it what I believe now is a religion. It's a, it's, it is faith. Like it is, not, I'm not, I'm not really like ruled to do rules. Like I don't yep. abide by, like, I just have this faith and this relationship with God. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, how like well, I I always thought about when I was younger I always thought about death like I was like how do you just die like I just don't yeah. understand how you just die like you just go in a black hole like I used to lie awake thinking about that and I remember it so vaguely and I always had hope that there would be I had hope on my wall when I was eight like I, I always had hope for a better life like there was always this want for me for of when I was young for something more something more something more had to, there had to be more to this life. Like life yeah. did not make sense to me without having um, more to it basically. And um, like, I didn't understand how we basically just breed like other kids into a life that then we just die. Like yeah. it didn't make sense. And, um, and I was so unhappy. So um, yeah, I think I, I used to pray when I'd lose things, like I wouldn't be able to find things and I'd be like, Oh God, help me. God, help me. I didn't know what I was doing or what I was saying or who I was saying things to, but then it would turn up. Things would yeah. turn up and I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is working, you know? Like, so I just kept doing that. And I was only like 10, but I only did that for like a, like when I'm not for long, you know, like it was random. And when I was using and I couldn't get myself out of situations, I would pray, I'll never do this again. Yeah. Please me that's it um but when i came into recovery i think the first time like high power for me was i i thought about it as um just my grandma who who had passed yeah um but then and then i and then 
I remember doing one of the steps, which is like um, step, which is something about high power. And um, my sponsor said to me, you need to do the steps all over again from one to three again, because your high power isn't loving. Like you obviously don't think your high power is not loving. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause I just didn't get it. Like I just, you know, so I did kind of like, yeah, it was hard. Like I didn't have this like real connection the way I have now. Like, and yeah. um, I kind of just, yeah, I just didn't really connect to any, to it. Yeah. I just yeah. was like, I have to have this higher power. So I'll just pick her. Yeah. Like, um, and it wasn't until, like I said, I was in the I was in the gym, and um, it was actually my PT. Like I, I had a relationship with him, and um, like I started building like a relationship with him, and he became like a father figure to me, and um, so I, I warmed to him, and um, he just you know he had no intention of talking to me about this stuff, but then yeah. one day, um, you know, he just talked to me. I talked to him about my life. He talked to me about his like. Um, and then one day he just sat me down and he started telling, talking to me about like what his beliefs were. And I was interested and I said, Oh, can tell me more. He'd talk for hours and I'd be like, Oh my God, I need to go. Like, but I was true. Yeah. This guy was one giving me so much. Um, he was giving me kindness, like, and, and time, like who, who gave me time? Like no one yeah. gave me this much time. Um, and so I, I'd felt bad to be like, oh, I want to go. Like, so I'd just sit there and I'd listen and, um, and I'd kind of like bag it a little bit when I'd leave. Yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, God, I would never, because my whole circle, like, you know, you know, my, my, my boyfriend at the time, like didn't believe in it at all. Like my, my best friend, like really like worshiped the devil kind of thing. Like she thought it was hilarious. Like, so I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I am going to have no friends if I, so I really tried to ignore it. Yeah. Um, and then I just couldn't, I could, I literally couldn't ignore it. I think he, there was a lot of things that he said that really resonated with me. Um, yeah. and, um, about, about God and, um, about, yeah, just like evil and, and not, and, and God and, and lightness and darkness and like just all this stuff. And it was basically the first time I, I, prayed in my car and I was just, I was so hopeless and helpless. Like I, I honestly just, uh, I just wanted, I was like, I don't want to live this life. Like I'm clean yeah. and there's nothing. And I remember praying in my car for the first time and I was like, please. And I just said, please God, don't let me down. Like if I trust in you, show me that you're real and do not let me down because if I do and I give you me, like I will lose everything. I know I'll lose my boyfriend. I know I'll lose my house and I'll be homeless. I'll lose my friends. Like, please, like my whole life's going to change, but do not let me down. And yeah. um, the first time I felt like I honestly just felt like this shivers and warmth and like, it was the most profound experience that I, I felt this like overwhelming sense of just like, it felt so real. Like I cannot explain it and yeah. you can't really explain it until you, until you feel it, which was now what I believe is the Holy spirit. And, um, from there, um, yeah, my, my whole, he absolutely didn't let me down. Like my whole life changed miraculously for the better, but there's been a lot of trials. Like it hasn't yeah. been just ma like I said, magically easy. Like it's yeah. been really hard. And I, like, I have lost a lot of people and a lot of people, have judged me a lot of people have bagged me and a lot of people but like 
even in the, like that's where I've learned throughout my faith. Like I've learned, like even like Jesus says, like um, the world hated the the world will hate you because the world hated me before it hated you. Like everything that happens to me is expected. Like everything that's happened in my life, it's already happened in 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 the book. It's already ha- like you know. So so much is stood out for me and so much has changed for me but it's just so much that like I just couldn't ignore and I haven't felt alone through it all like through every challenge and every trial like it's just yeah you'd think that I'd feel so alone but I haven't because I just have I've had him yeah awesome well like it's it's very interesting to hear someone talk about it so openly because there's not many people that do these days um and there's definitely lots of people that have the same or similar beliefs um that also feel isolated um because you're right it it, it's something i don't know why i was thinking about it the other day i think i was talking to someone maybe that held similar beliefs to you and and it's it's kind of funny it's like like we've been saying it's become the narrative now of like the opposite of, of, you know, bagging religion and all like that essentially it's not yeah. okay to be religious and be yeah. in recovery or just in general. So. Yeah. No, um, I agree. And I really, have really copped that. Yeah. But I just wear it. <laughs> and it's, it sounds like through that belief and through all of this stuff that you've really developed a new relationship with you, you know? Yeah. 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 That's where it's like, yeah. Like I've completely changed. Um, and yeah, I have this like acceptance and, um, towards myself and this like new, I guess, like compassion towards myself as well. Um, but that's still hard. Like I still undertake, you asked before if I still, I still do therapy and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. But, um, and I've had to rekindle my therapy like I only started going back a few months ago because my court case ended which meant I could but I mean like that's the kind of way that I've adopted things is that like God has a process for me like everything has a process and everything has a plan because like if I had started that therapy a year ago there's no way I would have been ready and stuck it out and been getting what I'm getting from it now yeah or you know, or it would have made me break. So like, there's a reason why everything is in, is the way it goes and the way that it is. And I think when I understand that, it just gives me a lot of relief and a lot of reassurance that I'm on the right path and I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, that's the thing that's hard to find, but it's the thing that changes you, you know, like, yeah like I may not always love myself or accept myself but I always believe that I am in a process and I'm where I'm meant to be yeah yeah so interesting so interesting so we kind of opened this whole interview with you know what are you doing now and all that stuff and I know um I know it's only externals and I know what you just said then is like the real magic um but the way that people make that tangible when they're looking for some hope is the external stuff. So just kind of give us the broad overview of what has changed in your life. You know, I actually find myself seeing you on Instagram and thinking, fuck, 
Brooke smashing it. <laughs> she's like, she's like perfect. She's got the exercise going. She's got, she smashed out the goal, the job that she wanted. You know, it seems yeah, like well, she's thanks. really happy. That's so nice. So, <laughs> That's yeah. so funny though, because Instagram is such a load of shit, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. you just like, honestly, I'm actually in the process of like wanting to speak more about the truth, you know, like people, because yeah. I often scroll and I'm like, oh, my life is so shit. They have the perfect boyfriend, the perfect this, the perfect that, perfect body. And then I just like, I end up hating myself. It's so yeah. fake, like, you yeah. know, and that just goes to show, like, I could be feeling so shit and you thinking that, like. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, what's happened in like the last couple is been, um, I, yeah, so I work as a nurse, which is like my absolute dream job. Yeah. And I didn't find, I was, I, I finished school. I finished school like I passed all my exams up until year eight and every year nine, 10, 11, I just got passed because I did all my schooling in hospital for special consideration. So wow. I knew nothing. Um, so I was really scared to go back to uni and I, I always stayed clear from nursing because I, um, yeah. yeah, so I did PT and before that, which, which I did, I, I started my own PT business. This is all in recovery. I started my own PT business whilst I was studying nursing so that I could work my own hours. Then I became um, yeah, then I became a nurse. Now I'm doing further studies as a nurse. Um, I have competed in a couple of fitness competitions, three. Mm. Um, first one, I came first, second one, I came second, third one, I went to London, got asked to compete overseas and I came fifth. Wow. Oh, so yeah. you actually went over to London and competed. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah, awesome. it was really cool. Um, and then did you travel around a bit and see London? Yeah. So I actually yeah. traveled on my own and I never thought, I would have the confidence to do that. Like I just, yeah, just didn't think I was like, no, like I am so ditzy. I'm the type of person that will get on the wrong flight, get on the wrong train, get, pick up someone else and boarding pass. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm just not good with anything. Yeah. Um, but these days you have Siri and Google maps. It's all right. But <laughs> um, yeah. So I traveled London. I didn't have much money. So yeah. I wanted to go other places, but I London's just, fucking expensive as well. I know, yeah, but I wanted to go to like Europe and like um Paris and you know, yeah. but I just didn't have any money. And anyway, so I stayed in a hostel and I met this other guy from Washington. His name was Brooks. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and this is actually funny because like I I locked my key within two minutes of knowing him. I put all my stuff in a drawer and I'm talking to him. I'm like, oh, your name's Brooks. That's so funny. Like you're on bed one, I'm on two. And then I lock my key in the drawer with all my stuff. So he had to like break into my lock. Like this, oh, no. that's how I like this. Yeah. Anyway, so that was like <laughs> my, how my trip was like all like that. Um, so yeah, flight flew to London. Um, I, well, like I've lived... So I lived in, I've had two rentals now. I live with one of my friends at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, I've lived, like I've had, I don't know. I just think it's pretty cool that I've had like my own two rentals for the past four years. Yeah. Um, I have a little dog. Um, I have a, I got my dog after my first court case and she's been like my best little pal since then. Um, so I, yeah. Like even that is like, oh, I look after like another human, like another, another human, another thing. <laughs> um, like I have a car, like I have, I have a relationship with my family. Like that's huge. Yeah. Like my sister is literally, literally my best friend. Um, yeah. I'm my, have a nephew. Um, my relationship with my mom is, is good again, but I don't know. There's still a lot of things that are like, um, oh, I should say I have, 
liver, like my liver, my liver and kidneys have um, restored and um, they have gone like with all my comps and stuff like, and the dieting and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's been hard, like even just like fat burners, you know, like which I want to vlog about and do all this stuff yeah. Um, to talk about this stuff because people don't know it that are going, I didn't know. And then I yep. get, I got a good coach. I got bloods done and I was like, shit, like I don't, my, my kidneys are going crap again. Um, yep. so anyway, but like, I'm, f yeah. So I've had, I had osteopenia as well, which I don't have anymore. My bones are completely healthy and normal and, wow. um, yeah, my liver's completely healthy. Um, my kidneys are getting there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, um, I don't know. What else? Is there anything else? That I, think? Huh, I think that's enough. <laughs> In yeah. five years, you, you're making me envious. No, it's, it's truly, it's truly amazing. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I know your story around. It's, it's all amazing, but maybe cause it's, I know your story around, you know, the eating and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, just the stuff that you've been able to, achieve with the yeah personal training and transforming your body and you know yeah. taking care of yourself and then all the things that you've talked about about you know just being truly happy and all that sort of stuff um it's pretty cool it's pretty fucking cool like yeah. i'm on this i will just say like i am on this process at the moment where i'm trying to get my body i've kind of stepped away from comps a little bit and i actually yeah. just want my body to come back to full complete full health and by yeah. this, what I mean is like, I'm literally, I'm on like, at the moment I have a really good coach, but um, I'm on like 1,800 calories at the moment anyway. But like what we're doing at the moment is increasing my calories weekly just to get my body back to like it's set weight, get, um, make sure I like have my period for a certain amount. Like I've yeah. only really had it for little intervals. Um, like I'm really in this process right now where I'm trying to take my mind completely off my image and aesthetics and, um, just completely like nourish my body, eat, eat as much as it needs for what it needs. Um, yeah. and get my organs and everything back together because I just am like, holy shit. Like I've taken my, my body for a bloody good ride. <laughs> like, like, and I just like, even in recovery, like, and then I want to compete. And as much as I love it and doing all that, like I love goals. I love driving towards stuff, but like I, my body needs a break. Like I do yeah. have a boyfriend now and, and like, I want to have kids one day and um, you know, so like I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's really, I really just want to stop at focusing on what I want, on what I want to look like and, and, yeah. and my look and just be about being, being fit, healthy and strong, you know, like, but yeah. holistically, mm -hmm. not just, oh, she looks fit, healthy and strong. Like, no, yeah. like I don't, what does that even look like? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So it's funny where it's funny we're going through um, the same process at the moment, and I'm learning all this shit. If you want, you should actually talk to Holly, who does stuff with us in the program. She's a gun. Yeah. Um, but we just recently did this, um, and we do them in the program with people. This microbiome test, where you yeah. 
shit in a cup essentially. I just did that. I get my yeah. results back next week. Oh, it's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm healthy. like cycling like oregano and all this shit that I've yeah, never heard same. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she thinks I have leaky bowel. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Surprise me because I've just done so much damage to my body. And actually they say that's really common with people with drug addiction and alcohol yep. and stuff. It sets all the your, your guts, your second brain. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had this, um, I'm just telling everyone on the middle of the podcast cause I'm excited about it, but I, and it's, it's kind of crazy and, and, I've, <laughs> and I've seen it like, it's really cool for people going through addiction as well. Cause it's so important. You don't realize how much you fuck things up in your guts particularly, but yeah, I, I had this, um, overgrowth. I can't remember what it's called, but it's the, the Holly that did the test with me. I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit, but it's the bacteria overgrowth that causes MS. Um, oh. And, and um, they found that, you know, in people that have MS in like 90% of people, they have this particular bacteria that's in their brain. Um, and Holly was like telling me that I have the overgrowth of this. And what happens is that, you know, I could get in the future like leaky gut and then it leaks out through my bloodstream and goes to my brain. And oh, I just like, that I'm gonna, like, like, oh my God. <laughs> so, but like, I was just like blown away that you can do all this stuff and be healthy and, and really yeah. do like preventative medicine and, you know, yeah. save me from some fucking horrible disease. Well, I agree. There's a solution to this stuff. I'm so grateful I found, yeah. Cause people just think of like traditional, like, or, or, or natural, but it's like, no, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually so crazy, but yeah, I'm going through that at the moment too, where I'm just like, I just want to be healthy and happy. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. I love it, mate. Um, so last time I spoke to you, you said that you were doing a blog or something. Are you still, do you have anything like that? If people want to find you? Yeah. So I've got my, I've got my YouTube channel at the moment, which I'm still, I want to, at the moment, I honestly, I've been, I've got a file on my phone. I'm just tracking all my body stuff. I want to, I want to vlog this whole like journey that I'm on now. Awesome. Um, from where I'm at now. Um, so yeah, I'm in the process of getting that up and running. Um, but at the moment I've just got, um, a YouTube channel that's called just my truth. Awesome. Um, Good name yeah but um it's it's pretty shitty to be like <laughs> like it's all right but um it's just me sitting in front of a camera and talking i need to i'm gonna work out how to make it more entertaining and that's why i'm you know i'm actually prepping myself to do all this i just really want to help people and just want people to understand and like more yeah that it's not like this external image and what the world think and um, what you want to, what everyone wants you to be for the world is just not realistic. And it's, mm. and it's not a way to live your life. And I really not only want to help others with that, but by me helping others with that, like it actually really, it helps me and it keeps me accountable. Like yep. I even noticed when I check in about my body and stuff like that for my vlogs or how I'm feeling and like real life stuff, like it, it like, makes me feel better because when I speak stuff out loud, I turn things into a positive. If I keep them in my head, I'm just on this negative spiral. Yeah. A hundred percent. No, it's interesting that you say all of that. Um, and if you're liking what, um, Brooks putting down and you want to find out more, please go and watch that channel. Cause I'm sure it's not shit, mate. Uh, like your story is pretty inspiring, 
But it's interesting that you say that because we, we were saying before, you know, that there's all these different kind of ways that you can get recovery. But I find for most people that it's all leading to that one thing that you just said then, you know, is, is just kind of being happy and healthy and forgetting about all the external stuff and kind of going within you know yeah. that's that's yeah. where everyone seems to go with it <laughs> yeah a hundred percent and everyone's so different and that's totally okay like that's perfect yeah love it yeah. mate hey thanks so much for coming on and uh sharing your story it's uh not an easy thing so yeah we really appreciate it no thank you so much for having me it's been really good awesome mate. thanks